Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 359 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's show features Maxine. Maxine is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes who came on the show for reasons that weren't 100% clear as we started. The conversation moved into the quick start episodes from the podcast where we sort of went through them. I mean, you know me, it wasn't exactly like we went through them. Anyway, you'll see. Uh, We do Arden's Lunch Bolus, and then we talk about Maxine's desire for her son to wear an insulin pump, but he didn't want to. So we talked about that for a little bit at the very end. And I have an update here from Maxine in my email to let you know how that all went. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Today's show is sponsored by Touched by Type 1 and the Contour Next 1 blood glucose meter. You can find out more at touchedbytype1.org or contournext.com forward slash juice box. For the first couple of minutes of the show, you're going to hear Maxine's tap dancing dogs, but that stops. So don't panic. It won't last long. Maxine, how many times have we tried to do this? Um, Two. (laughs) Two? It's not not (laughs) terrible. Uh, How did it fall apart the first time? Do you remember? Because I don't. Um, I thought my kids would be in school and they weren't. Right. Second time somebody was sick? Both kids were sick. Both kids were sick. This time, you're good. I'm good. All the kids are in school. I didn't know if you were good or if you just gave up and you were just like, look, we're just going to do it with sick kids here or something. Oh, no. You would have been like, I hear a lot of kids screaming in the background. This isn't going to work. How many children would I have heard? (laughs) Two. All right. They sound like more? Oh, yeah. It sounds like a zoo in my house. I have two dogs, too. So between the... Well, I have three kids, but Michael's always, you know, he's at school during Mm. the day. But it's, it's mayhem here. I gotcha. All right, so I did my best this morning to figure out why you were on the podcast, and I can't even find our notes together. So I don't even think there was a reason. I just wanted to be on it because I love it. Well, that's <laughs> perfect then. So we've already started. Go ahead, introduce yourself, and then we'll get rolling. All right, my name's Maxine. Um, my son's Michael. He's seven years old. He was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes 15 months ago today. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. Jeez. You have a, do you have a monthly, uh, like, do you know every, are you? No, no, no. But I was like thinking, I was like, oh, I should probably like think about how long ago he was diagnosed. Cause I know it was a year. And then when I looked at the date, I was like, oh yeah, it was August 13th. So look at that. I Definitely. What that was an intentional. It's excellent. Cause I was worried for you that you were like a person who like every month on the 13th, were like, it's been another month. And <laughs> I just, didn't the, the first year, the first year I was. Yeah. Now you're good. But now I'm like, well, it's just another day. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't seem like it's going to magically disappear. You're going to wake up from a nightmare or anything like that. You might as well keep going, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So I I, I like a nice free and easy conversation. So um, when did you start? Guess- oh, there they go. And I shut the I shut the doors too. I wonder <laughs> if I can hear your noise, their, your voice through the headphones. I don't know. Sorry. No, that's fine. I'll s- Are they? Maybe- are they in the room with you or, or no? Yeah, they don't leave me alone. Uh, Mason. All right, go lay down. Okay. Hopefully they relax now. <laughs> okay. You might have to do a lot of editing. <laughs> it's 
was going to say, I'm going to have to charge you for editing this episode. <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> a free podcast turns into pay for play when Lady's dog won't stop talking. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> so anyway, I, I was going to say, um, you, f- you found the podcast first or the blog or how did you, how do you and I even, are we in the same orbit together? So I found the podcast. I think my friend Jess, she, um, she's been in contact with you pretty frequently. Her son, Jacob. Yeah. Um, has type one. Yep. So we're pretty good friends. Actually, we're really good. I feel like we're really good friends now. You know, now we have that mutual type one bond. Mm-hmm. And she told me the one day she was like, you got to listen to this guy. We used to call you juice box, man. And, um, and then that was probably a month into diagnosis and it totally changed. It was a game changer. <laughs> so Maxine, just for clarity, if the kids were there, it would be louder than this. <laughs> oh yeah. What was the buzzing? <laughs> oh, that's Michael Sugar. He's high. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh This is God. so quiet. You have no idea. <laughs> do we, without revealing where you live, do you and I live reasonably near each other? Oh, yeah. We live in the same state. Okay. I live in South Jersey. Oh, no, it's you fine. Just, you just gave it away. Right? I'm no, not. I'm just, well, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure people might have a more uh, better idea of where you live. It's so funny. If, uh, if somebody were to be able to find my home from your description of I live in South Jersey and we're in the same state, I'd be incredibly impressed. Right before I died, I assume, <laughs> from, uh, from a strangulation from a, a crazed di- a diabetes podcast fan. Uh, and <laughs> so you started listening how long ago? Um, so he was diagnosed in August, in September. Okay. And, and you just right away, you were in and, and going. How did you know Jess that quick? Did you meet her online? Um, I went to x-ray school with a girl who just, so she's a mutual friend and she reached out to me when I posted like Michael had diabetes. She was like, you gotta, you gotta reach out to my friend. She's, you know, she's wonderful. She's so like a, you know, world knowledge. So I did. And I'm telling you, she's been a lifesaver too. She's like my go-to person. Um, besides you, (laughs) she's my everyday go-to person. I I hear you. Um, that's first of all, I want to give you a lot of credit because that's something that happens frequently where someone's diagnosed and someone else steps in and says, Hey, I know a person you should reach out to. And then people don't ever do that. I, I swear to you, I get six emails a year from friends who are like, Hey, somebody I work with, their kid was just diagnosed or they were just diagnosed. And would it be okay if they contacted you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. You can give them my phone number or something. Let them text me. And you never hear from them. And then so I'll like circle back around and I'll be like, hey, they must be doing great. And they're like, oh, no, they're they're struggling greatly. I'm like, well, they haven't reached out. Remind them that it's okay, that I'm okay with it. I just people can't bring themselves to do it. It's interesting. Yeah. And especially I think with something like this, like I feel like I learned so much more from other parents Yeah. and even, you know, social media than I would than I've learned at the end of, well, which I'm not knocking them. You know, it's no, just course. when you live with it 24 seven, it's you know, totally different. Yeah, you need more information than just a few minutes every couple of months. And yeah. let's be careful not to give Jess too much credit here because anything she knows, she probably knows from me anyway. So all the, all the credit should funnel back to me. I, <laughs> she's pretty amazing though. I will she say, really she, I feel like she's the female version of you. No, let's uh, let her get a microphone and then we'll see how it goes. No, I'm just kidding. She's <laughs> terrible. This, because this podcast has no real ending, I could meander. Um, I hope nobody tunes out because of that. I still think it's going to be good. <laughs> but no, I'm kidding. Jess is terrific. And I think it's amazing that you guys connected. And I think more people out there should be doing that. I, yeah, I agree. I have to say, did you did you go into the um, 
the private Facebook group that I set up for I the did. pocket. And, I did. And that's having a similar effect I'm noticing. Oh, yeah. It just um, like-minded people, like getting together, sort of, you know, saying the same things to each other, talking to each other in the same ways. I was really, I'm really impressed by it. Like I, someone asked me at some point, you know, how come you don't have a place that's more private where we can all talk? And I was just like, yeah, Facebook is not my jam really. And I don't <laughs> want to be an admin of a Facebook group because that sounds like a horror. Um, yeah. But people kept like, no, please, please. And I'm like, all right, you know, so I set it up. There's like 1600 people in there now. It's only been up for a few weeks. And it's amazing watching them talk to each other. Because I think what's so great about it is the people that are in there, they want to, you know, they want to take as best care of themselves and their children as possible. Yeah. Where I think a lot of the other groups, like some people are in there, you know, they're they're kind of like degrading other parents or like there's not that much, like there's support, but like here it's just different. Like it's so much more positive. Yeah. I see it online too. Like there's, everybody's in a different phase, right? And sometimes people are like, well, if I can put them down, maybe I can feel better about myself. Like, that's not a conscious thought they have. But, you know, it's a it's a pretty human trait. You know, right, because they almost feel guilty for not, you know, doing so well with managing their diabetes. I, or- yeah, I swear to you, I bump into four or five people a year who say, I, I heard the podcast and I really didn't like you. And I was like, well, that's hurtful. What? Why did you have to email me? That? <laughs> you, you know, like, it's like, it's like, I'm like, I'm already married. I don't need another person <laughs> telling me what I'm not doing. Right. Like, you know, that's right. And, 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 you know, but then the notes will go on and I was angry and I didn't like what you were saying and all this stuff. And then I walked away from it and came back a little later and I figured out maybe I was more angry with myself than I was with you. And I swear yeah. to you, four of those a year, nice, emails from nice people who just, they found the podcast at the wrong time. Um, I'm sure some people just legitimately don't like me. I don't want to discount that. <laughs> That's fine. You know, it's but. weird too. Cause like I was never a podcast person ever. Yeah. Like I didn't even know where the app was on my phone. I actually think I may have deleted it. <laughs> and then, you know, when I was told to listen to it, I was like, oh, okay, now it's, I mean, I drive an hour to and from work mm-hmm. and that's what I listen to. Oh, that's really nice. I'm sorry if I'm, if I bother you ever. Because, no. Well, thank you. I guess if you if I do, you can feel free to write me an email where you tell me how bad I am. <laughs> I promise I won't do that. Are you sure? Are you sure? You don't I appreciate wanna, you, yeah, you more than you know. <laughs> complain to somebody who's giving you something for free. Uh, it, would be, it would be like if you were at like one of those big box stores. They were giving out food on the corner. And they're like, do you want to try this? And you go, oh, sure. And you put it in your mouth and you go, I don't like that. You're terrible for giving that to me. It's almost like a toddler, right? Oh like I don't want to like say that. No Please, I don't feel that way. Please, no one email me. I'm not calling you a toddler. I'm just. It's just another. Listen, it's another response to the diabetes and the information and all that stuff. And maybe it's just they don't like me. That's fine too. But my point is, is that there's no real reason to tell somebody. I I I got in bed last night and my wife was watching one of the worst television shows that I've ever seen in my life. She appears to love it. At no point was I like thinking to myself, you know, I should just knock off a couple hundred word email to the producers of the show and let them know how bad it is. I just won't watch it. And and it's it's interesting. So sometimes I think that's not it. Like there's got to be a different, like more, there's a deeper reason, right? Like why would anyone spend time complaining to someone about something free that they don't like? Like just don't listen to it anymore. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I don't get it. And so that it's fascinating to me. 
I also don't have enough time to delve into it, and I am not a psychology major, so I don't really <laughs> understand it in any particular way. Um, but anyway, I appreciate all the nice people out there who don't write. Uh, <laughs> that's, those are the ones I appreciate the most, uh, the ones who listen and don't write me to say bad things. Like, that's perfect. You don't have to leave a nice review, but it's just, I don't know, Maxine, like, you know, if you want to look a little bit into the, the human part of it, it's tough to pop out of bed in the morning and read a tome from somebody about how much you suck. Yeah. You know, and when you're trying to do something nice, like that's yeah. really kind of it. Anyway. Um, so you find the podcast. What's the first part? Like, how did you get into it? Did, are you one of those people that started at the beginning and listened through or did you jump around? What'd you do? No, uh, I started with like that list that you, um, that you recommend oh. everyone start with. Oh, cool. You know what? I never say that out loud. You could tell me a little bit about your experience. I'm going to find it, that list. Um, so, I, I don't know. Maxine, I started. <laughs> Maxine, you've been trying for a long time to get on this podcast. You can't, I know. You can't come at me with, I don't know. You <laughs> no. no. So let me actually, because what's, I think, what's the first episode? Is it Bold with Insulin? So, so I think the first episode, and not that it was, um, it was interesting because I think it's just you on that episode. It's not you talking to anybody. It's just you talking about diabetes. There's a number of them in the beginning where I basically went back and read what I thought were some of my more impactful blog posts and kind of made myself like, like recall them, like put myself back in that moment when I read them. And then I would record an episode about them because I noticed, I didn't notice, I knew that these blog posts were an important part of how people who were reading the blog were moving through management. So I went back and would sprinkle them in. I didn't expect when I started the podcast for the interview stuff to happen. That was all just crazy. Like I was sitting down to record what is now episode two when I somehow got Adam Lasher to be on the show. And, yeah. So and he, I have recently listened to that one. Cause I start, I not to cut you off. No, no, I, um, Cause now that I've gotten through all like the recent ones, I'm like, Oh, you know what? Let me go back to the beginning and see what it was like in the beginning when he started. the podcast. How bad am I in the beginning? No, you're not. But it's funny. You can just tell that you were starting out. So it was just yeah. kind of like a lot of well, try testing. To even, even imagine like I, I had the equipment. I figured out how to like record the sound. I figured out how to like process the file, how to get it on the internet, like how to host it with a podcast company. That all took a while actually. And then all of a sudden there's a guy with type one diabetes on American Idol back when American Idol was still fairly popular. And I just reached out to him and I was like, Hey, do you want to come on a podcast about type one diabetes? He right away is like, yeah, sure. And I went, huh? Uh, okay. And like, that was I, easy. <laughs> I didn't really know what to do. And so I got him on and I remember him being really delightful and I put it up as the first episode and it just, it's crazy because I didn't expect to be interviewing people, but then when I started doing what I meant to do, I thought, well, I can't sustain this forever. Like a podcast can't just be me talking the whole time, you know, constantly. Plus I only have my experience, my perspective. Like I got to find other people's perspectives and mix them in. Right. Which I think is huge. And I mean, even listening to like, you know, every episode of like everyone's diagnosis story, mm -hmm. even though they're so different, they're so alike. And like, it just brings you back every time to those like emotions from like the day of diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah, I maintain that all of our stories are fairly the same. Seriously. Yeah, and I think well, and I think that's what makes it unique in a way where right. like we can all you know, we all feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah, the details and where you were and who you were with, like that stuff's different. But mostly I mean, listen, if we really broke it down, there's probably like a, a couple dozen different like 
versions of the story, but they all seem pretty similar. So, yeah. So, okay. So back to your point, like, so you found the podcast and somebody shared with you this list that I put out and Mm -hmm. this, this list is, I'm going to say carefully curated, but that's probably a lie, but it's, it's a list of episodes that I found kind of like quick walk you through how I think, you know, and, and so it's funny the other day, a listener named Jeremy online, and I've seen him say this once or twice in the past, but he just recently said it. Um, and and the way he said it this last time really kind of hit me. He's like, if you listen to these like 10 or so episodes, they put you in Scott's head. Like you'll know how he thinks about diabetes once you're finished with them. Yeah, I I agree. And he goes, and then the other stuff starts to make more sense. And so I thought, wow, that's cool. Like I didn't even particularly think about it that deeply. Um, One of the, you know, things about the podcast is, is that it takes so much effort to put it together that I'm not left with a ton of time, you know, for the other part of it. Like I think if I had, if I had as much time to market the podcast as I do to make it, I think it would probably reach twice as many people. I just, I'm out of time, you know? Right. Um, but anyway, I've never said them out loud. So let's go through them together, I guess. Okay. Um, the first one on the list is episode four. It's called Texting Diabetes. Do you remember that one? I do. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I remember it now just because I just had someone start listening to mm-hmm. them. So she just, you know, she just told me that now she wants to start texting with her daughter instead to kind of eliminate the nurse a little bit. Right. It's funny because to me, if you said to me, Scott, what's texting diabetes about like that episode, I'd say, well, overarchingly, it's about the idea that text messaging is a great tool for type one diabetes, especially when you're helping someone else. Um, But moreover, it's a story of the moment where I realized how much my fear of being in control was limiting what I was doing. And and it's, you know, you, you're not going to remember it word for word, obviously, but it was, there's a moment in that episodes where I, I just tell a story about Arden being upstairs and I was too lazy to go to her. So I texted her, like, give yourself some insulin. Yes. And, I remember that right? now. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh geez, this is it. Like, why does it matter where she is? And, and it was just a leap, you know? And I, I really thought about it and I was like, God, it's, I'm scared. Like I'm scared not to be there. And, um, I just don't think that's a good reason to live our to, to live your life, you know. No, yeah. no, and it's funny actually. Now that you say that, like the past not couple nights, well, twice this week, Michael has texted me. He's um he shares a room with my other son, mm-hmm. and he's on the top bunk, and he was texting me, "Mom, I feel shaky." So I'm like, "God, like does he feel so low that he doesn't even feel like climbing out of his bed?" Yeah. To come tell me that he's shaky, but I was like, "This is great." I mean, he can't fully spell, but he'll talk to text into Siri and then send it to me. Oh, that's excellent. How yeah. Old? Seven, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I got the 15-year-old version of that text the other night. I'm going to find <laughs> it for you. I'm not going to – It's too. it would be too much bleeping, so I'm going to skip some of it. Hold <laughs> on oh, a second. How far back is this? Then we're going to go to the next episode here. Cause th- but this is worth it. Well, I'll probably like – right now I feel like I'll edit out this space, but then when I go to edit it, I'll think – Eh, maybe I won't. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it was a night that it was a Saturday night and I passed out. I'm asleep. It's 1230. I get a text from Arden that says my BG says I'm dying. Oh my gosh. 1232. Two minutes later, 
My disease indicates death is on its way. Twelve thirty six. My phone is beeping, which means it's trying to tell me to leave the earth. Um, twelve thirty seven. My unworkable pancreas has told me to give up. This next one, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know where people fall on the use of the Lord's name. So let's just skip that part and say, "Dad, my blood sugar is low." All in caps. Now at this point. I'm sleeping, just so you know. Like, I'm not getting – it's not like I'm ignoring her. I'm just not hearing these texts. Right. The next one says – if I told you what the next one says, you might not respect my kid anymore. I don't even know if I beeped it out if it would make any sense. But there's – I'll read the words I can. Holy mother blank blank looking ugly blank 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 head. I think Brad Pitt is at the door. Oh, my gosh. With his brother, Stu. Stu Pitt, which is just I a, love her humor. It's just I a bad dad joke humor. we tell around the house. Brad Pitt does not have a brother named Stu, but if you <laughs> ever meet somebody, you go, "Hey, have you ever seen Brad Pitt's brother acting anything?" And when they go, "Who's Brad Pitt's brother?" They go, "Stu." You know, Stu Pitt. Anyway, oh my god, it's a bad dad joke. Then I get dad. Now it's twelve forty nine. By the way, oh my god, this started at twelve thirty two. Dad, I'm hungry. Now it's one oh one. So I'm, I finally hold on. Which would indicate my BG is low. It starts all over again. Now, so when I wake up, I see these. But you may ask, why is Arden texting? Because I don't know what you want to do, Dad, Like and blah, blah, blah. So finally, I'm like, I wake up. I read all these. I don't understand the timing of them. You know what I mean? Like, I, I figure they just started coming and I woke up. And uh, I get out of bed and I walk in a room. I'm like, what was, what's going on? And she's like, I'm low. <laughs> I was like, why don't you like... Do something. She goes, I don't know. I just thought maybe you were up and you'd want to know what to do. And I'm like, but this, now I'm looking. I'm like, this has been for 45 minutes. She goes, actually, I started to get low and then it went back up again. So I thought, eh. And then I went back to talking to my friend. So she's, <laughs> so she's FaceTiming with her friends, you know, like on Saturday night. And she goes, and then I started getting low again. Then I started getting hungry. And I knew that meant I was going to get lower. So I started texting more. And I was like, why did it not mean you got something to eat? And she just was like, I don't know. You just, you know, like, <laughs> Eh, can't really tell you. She knows what to do. She could have done any number of things. There's, you know, sugar of multiple different kinds right in her bedside table. She was not incapacitated. She's just 15. Yep. Yeah. So, and she's got a crazy bad sense of humor. And so she's just messing with me the whole time. It wasn't bad enough that she was in a, in a you know, a dire situation. So she was just using her blood sugar as a way to mess around with me. And, you know, so she ate something and we bolused and went back to bed. I love the sense of humor. Like, I love that she can find some humor in it. She's, oh, she's completely just chill about the whole thing. Like, she said to me the other day in a really serious moment, she goes, to be honest, most of the time, I don't feel like I have diabetes. That's awesome. And I was like, cool. She's like, sometimes, like some days it's, you know, a little worse than others. And there's more to do and stuff like that. But she's like, yeah, most time, not really. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. So when she was, was your phone alarming? Were you sleeping? Oh yeah. Oh, please. Absolutely. She's I know. Like, Cause like, I feel like, like guilty. Some, but like, even now though, I'm like, sometimes I like sleep through the alarms and I set it up now where sugar me calls my phone mm-hmm. and I have it on like the loudest, you know, ring it can do. And my husband will even be like, get up. Your phone's ringing. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is scary sometimes that I sleep through them. Yeah, I have to admit. I mean, I still wake up. I mean, it's not like I go, he goes an hour and he's low, but I'm still like, oh my gosh. I've had that happen. 
I've had it happen where you wake up in the morning and you're like, well, she was 55 for three hours last <laughs> you, you know, and it's not something you want to have happen, but I didn't wake up, you know, and she she's not going to wake up. I mean, that's right. she's just like. And then that's another scary thought. Like once, you know, once they're old enough and they're completely managing it themselves, like what if they sleep through the alarms? Yeah, I, I, I think that. And there's also some kids I know in um, college who were like this when they were kids. And when they got to college, like there was a moment of reality where they're like, okay, I really, you know, I, I'm not looking to have a problem like that. So I'm going to have to figure out a way around it. And they, and they kind of adapt on their own too. You know, yeah. it's not around diabetes, but the other day, my son said to me, uh, hey, you know, I, I, he had a bad week at school. And there was this one thing that when it came back around, he asked me, he's like, he's like, we talked about this last week. He's like, why didn't you like say something? And I thought, no, you were, I told him, I was like, you were, you were kind of set on an idea. And I didn't think it was the right thing to do, but I also didn't think it was going to kill you if it went wrong. And I figured, let him find out. And he goes, I found out. And I was like, yeah, right. So good on you. Yeah, good on you. Now, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I can't explain the whole world to you every second. Yeah. For the rest of the time. Like, you're going to have to do it a little bit yourself. So episode 11 is bold with insulin. How do you recall that one? Because that's the one when I ask people what their favorite episode is, that's the one they say. Um, I don't know. Can you refresh my memory? Yeah. Listen, I've listened to a lot of them. Like how many episodes do you have now? Two, Over 200. Two, uh, 270 is going up on Friday. Yeah. I, and I've, I've recorded to like 35 more that aren't up yet. Like, so I've recorded like 300 of them. Okay. So bold with insulin. Again, I don't remember it. So I went back, I went, I mean, it's, it was five years ago where I just sat down telling, basically trying to impart the message about, you know, not being passive and not waiting for things to happen to you, kind of being aggressive, that kind of stuff. I'm actually going to go speak this weekend. I'll go back and listen to a couple of these episodes just to remind myself of the energy I had when I was talking about that stuff, because it's, there's something about that episode. That's the one that everyone's like, this is my favorite one. Um, and so and then I asked people to listen to episode 29. It's called fear of insulin because I think most of the problems we have is, is about being afraid of the insulin in general. Now, I think that's the one that probably resonated the most with me. Okay. And not that I was scared of it. I just didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. So once I understood it, I was like, oh, oh yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to do this. Like. We're going to catch it with a juice box if we have to, or a couple of carbs, but I'd rather give more insulin than deal with his high. Isn't it fascinating that no one tells you like how insulin works? Like it, it's our whole culture's like that really though. Like, I mean, no one ever told you when you were 16 or 17, like, Hey, the gas goes in the car and then it actually burns in a thing called a carburetor. And that burn, you like, you know, when they're just like, you put that in there and the thing goes and you're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, even like I said, you know, when he was diagnosed, they were like, okay, you're going to inject the insulin and you're going to, he's going to eat and he needs to finish eating within 30 minutes. I would set a timer for 30 minutes yeah, and I would be like, Michael, you need to hurry up and eat. Like, let's go, let's go. Look, come on, finish eating. <laughs> and now I'm like, go ahead, Whatever. eat it. Take as long as you want. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Sometimes it works out better that way if he like takes longer to eat a meal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you spread the food, the impact of the food out. Like we always think about spreading out the impact of the insulin, but you can spread out the impact of the food as well. Yeah. yeah no kidding. So I think that one's incredibly important. Then you go to episode thirty-seven. This is this stuns me honestly because I was just texting with Jenny a couple of minutes ago, 
And Jenny Smith was on for the first time in episode 37, which if I'm doing my math right, is 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24. It was only about eight months into the podcast. Oh, wow. And she was just a guest at that point. And the way that happened was that my uh, a friend of mine, who's also a friend of Jenny's, Ginger, and Ginger Vieira has been on too. She wrote a book about being pregnant with type 1. Actually, she wrote it with Jenny, and she's written other books about diabetes burnout and everything. And she's just a person in the diabetes community who I trust. I like the way she talks about diabetes. She's matter of fact. She's thoughtful. She's considerate. Like it's it's well, you know, well thought through. It's not not the kind of, you know, ramshot like all over the place. She's good. And she says to me one day, hey, you should have Jenny on your podcast. You and Jenny really think about diabetes the same way. And so I I still like, you mean, you know, you're on and you you were just like, hey, I want to come on the podcast. It's like, all right. Like in, in my mind, I think we can make something out of the conversation, right? So I'm like, yeah, let's have Jenny on. Well, man, by the time I was done with Jenny, I was like, this woman's a guru. Like, she knows everything about this. So um, episode 37, Jenny Smith, Diabetes Guru. Then after that, episode 44 is getting off the diabetes roller coaster. And I think that's incredibly important. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, knowing how to get off. Yeah. And knowing why to get off. Like, that's the whole thing. Um, do you, did you find yourself chasing blood sugars in the beginning? Um, not too much only because I think when we got set up with Dexcom, mm-hmm. they wanted my high or Michael's high line to be set at 300. And I was like, mm, no, I don't like that. Um, so she was like, well, it's going to be alarming a lot. I'm like, okay, but I like cringe when his blood sugar is high. So I set it to 250, which still really is high. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like I said, a month into him being diagnosed and I found your podcast, I dropped it to 200. Um, so I guess I was chasing it, but I was chasing it more with noticing, like, I don't want his blood sugar to be high. So I was messaging our CDE probably every couple of days, like, um, his ratios need to be changed. This needs to be changed. His sugar's high for too long. I don't like this. Like, so I was chasing it more in that aspect. Not, does that make sense? No, it does. I think you were seeing it quickly. I think your first, it sounds to me like your first inclination was, I'm not going to be okay with 300. Yeah. And I wasn't. And, and, you know, she was like, well, it's a lot of information. Like, you know, and I'm like, okay, but I don't like his blood sugar. I don't want it that high. Right. Well, that's cool. Like, because that's normally, and somebody would just hear something from the doctor and he'd be like, all right, yeah. But I have to say, I don't know what hospital you use and please don't tell me because I'm going to, I'm going to say something right now and I don't want to know who it is. But that idea of like, are you sure it's going to alarm if you put it lower is criminal. Like, why would you say to somebody, you don't want to know when your blood sugar is high, do you? No. And why not say to you, hey, listen, there's actually things you could do to keep it from getting that high. Like, did they right. not know? Like, what's your experience now? Did they not know or were they just trying to make it easier on you in the beginning? I think that's what it is. And especially when like, you really still don't like a month into diagnosis, I still really didn't understand a lot about it. I just knew I didn't want his blood sugar high. And I knew I was scared of him going low. Okay. So I knew like I wanted him in the middle. I just didn't understand how to. So I'm going to tell you that I think, and this is where someone will later tell me that I'm pompous or full of myself, but I can give a talk that goes an hour that would give you enough information that you wouldn't feel like that. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like when they're guarding against, they don't know anything yet. Like, why don't you tell them? Like, right, right. why don't you like tell them the stuff they need to know? Because you really don't need to know that much in the beginning to get a good launch into it. It's it's right. just some simple things, right? So I don't know. The whole thing, it's upsetting. Like, it, it really is, especially because I just did a talk and um, you weren't there, even though it seems like it might have been. I know. Don't, 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 don't make me feel no, guilty no, I mean, on well, Sunday. So I'm just saying. And so. Um, I know. I, I wanted to be there. I swear I did. <laughs> I Michael mean, had a soccer game and I didn't want to miss it. <laughs> soccer's not a real sport, but that's just for. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you have any idea when I make that joke, how many people write me and say, I really like soccer. <laughs> please, oh, please, it's please. okay. I'm sorry. I don't know that Michael really likes it, to be honest with you. Of course he doesn't. No one does. I'm kidding. Some people <laughs> like soccer. Now, but anyway, it would have been nice to meet you in person. But, but the point is there were people in that room who had just found the podcast who I'm already hearing back from that. They're saying that like after an hour, it took them to a different place. And and it's so it's not that hard. And a CDE could do it if they if they knew the points to hit on. And it's not fair to them. Like they're not. They, I mean, they're CDEs. They're medically trained, but they also weren't writing a blog for ten years trying to figure out how to talk to people about this. Right. Well, and I think there's like a fine line too because I think there's and I'm not knocking other parents. I think there's some parents who get it. I think there's parents who want want to educate themselves more. And I think there's parents that just don't get it and they don't care to get it. And I think there's like that they could probably potentially kill their child because they just don't understand it. Fair so enough. I think like yeah. they can only educate them enough to keep their kids safe. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the way I usually say it is that the doctor doesn't know who you are. You could be right. the, you could be the brightest person they've ever met or the opposite of that. And they're. Right. So they're not going to hand you a Howard sir on the first day and be like, all right, so what you do is look through here and you know, like, they're going to start off with, here's a fly swatter. Try to knock diabetes <laughs> back with this for a while. And yeah. And I think like, you know, after so many messages, cause I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I messaged our CD every single day, like mm-hmm. the first month. And I was like, I, I I'm not even kidding. Right. Um, but I was like, I just don't like how his blood sugar is spiking to 250 every time he eats. And so she actually did tell me, she's like, why don't you try giving him his insulin and waiting like 10 to 15 minutes? And even at that point, I didn't understand why. And I didn't do it because the first time I tried, he was like freaking out that he was starving. Right. And I actually did not start doing it until I listened to your podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what she was talking. How'd you stop him from complaining? Um... He just knows now. He'll be like, do I have to wait? I'm like, yeah, that's it. But he's on MDI. If he was on a pump, I could dose him and he wouldn't even know. Makes me But You are hilarious, Maxine. That's great. I'm waiting for a clown to climb out of a car and blow a horn. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, no, it's Sorry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Do you need to take it? Are you okay? No. No, it's my husband. I, I Listen, it makes you feel better. We called the doctor because texting wasn't even a thing back then. So I had to wake up. I woke a woman up in the middle of the night and I was just like, I'm I tested her and her blood sugar says, and I want to give her this much insulin. Is that okay? That was it. That was the first night we were home from the hospital. Um, it, it was worse cause it was a vacation house and we had a bed that was okay for my wife and I, but it wasn't enough for three people. And Kelly's like, I'm sleeping with Arden. So I just sleep on the floor at the foot of the bed that first night. Oh my gosh. It's a lot of fun. Um, okay. So anyway, th- about that episode 44, the basic idea, if you're just listening for the first time is that once your blood sugar is out of time with your insulin, you go up, then you crash down, then you go up and you crash down and 
you don't ever consider, but what you're doing right now in the moment, like in, in this moment with insulin, isn't for now, it's for later. And so when you see something going up and you try to knock it down, it's you're out of time with it. You know, another way to say it is um, is a pretty, um, I think it's a pretty well-known story. But when Wayne Gretzky's father was teaching him how to play hockey, he told him to skate where the puck is going. Don't skate where it is. Skate where it's going. And so I'll leave you thinking about that for a second while we do Arden's lunch. Hold on a second. Wow, Maxine, you get a lunch episode. How exciting. That's exciting. Uh, Arden's blood sugar is 132. It was 125 about a half an hour ago. We gave her a little bit of insulin. It doesn't seem to have done anything. I think her lunch has, I count, I thought about it around 75 carbs this morning when I looked at it. So she's like one for six. So what is that? Like, I don't know. You think that's 12? Did you just say a carb ratio? Yeah, I have to because the way we're doing it, I am going to tell Arden because she's also got an elevated blood sugar. I want to get a little more going. 50 carbs, two hours. 25 carbs, three hours, and that should be 24, 30, 5, 6, uh, 8, and is that right? I think it's right. Good. Close enough. <laughs> so See, that make, it makes me, like, jealous. Like, <laughs> I'm actually, like, we're in, like, we're getting into the bribery stages with Michael to get him on a pump. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, money's fine. I think you do it like that. It's it's totally good. Actually, I guessed it twelve. I guessed I wanted around twelve units, and I ended up with twelve and a half based on what I just said to her. When at what age do you feel like she made that big jump? Because like if I like giving, I think the most I've given Michael was like eight units, and that was for like you know like birthday cake, like something super super carb heavy. Yeah. Um, well, and sometimes I'm like, oh, gosh, it just seems like so much. But I know there's going to come a point, especially with him being a male, like he's probably going to have like 20 units for. Yeah, there's there's grown, there's grown men out there laughing at you right now who are probably injecting 70 units of insulin for their. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I can't even imagine. Head on over to contournext.com forward slash juice box. When you get there, you're going to see the Contour Next One blood glucose meter front and center, right at the top. Contour has a wonderful line of meters. They actually all use the same test strip. The Contour Next One, the Contour Next Easy, and the Contour Next all use the same strips. So that's just pretty handy. The Contour Next One is an amazingly accurate meter. And if you bought it in cash, just bought it in cash, it's $19.99. That's the suggested retail price. So if you get the Contour Next One through your insurance or just over the counter, you're going to be getting an amazing blood glucose meter. However you choose to pay, the Contour Next One is the meter I would get. It's a couple of things that I love about it. It is small, but yet not droppable. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it fits well in your hand, I guess is what I'm saying. The screen's easy to read. The light is bright and illuminating for nighttime testing. And those test strips allow a second chance testing. Meaning if you, you know, hit the blood drop, but don't get quite enough, you can get more blood and go back again and you'll get a great accurate test without wasting a test strip. 
Hands down, this is the best and most favorite meter we've ever had here. And at this point, we're talking about, jeez, mm, two, pardon, six, seven, 14 years of type 1 diabetes. Give me a Mount Rushmore of blood glucose meters, and I'm putting the contour next one front and center, right at the top, biggest face, brightest smile. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. There's links right there in your show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com. Head over and check it out. While you're on the internet, don't forget to check out Touched by Type 1. That's easy enough to find at touchedbytype1.org. When you get there, you're going to find an organization whose mission is to elevate awareness of type 1 diabetes, to raise funds to find a cure, and to inspire those with diabetes to thrive. They've got amazing programs and services, something you're going to be either interested in seeing, knowing about, or supporting. So head over and check them out. Touchedbytype1.org. All right, let's get back to Maxine. There's still lots to do. This was one of those episodes that, as you thought it was over, it just picked back up and kept going. Well, so for Arden, you make a point. Like, there's a moment where their body mass picks up, and they just aren't kids anymore. And then all of a sudden, they eat more, they have more body to deal with. And in part of that 12 and a half units that I just gave her, it's not all about the carbs, right? So it's a weird mixed bag meal. Let me think what's in there. Uh, it's like a half of a bagel. There's a bag of grapes, but I honestly don't know how many grapes are in there. I just grabbed as many as I grabbed. Um, and a banana. The banana, I remember thinking when I put it in the bag, this is bigger than the banana yesterday. That was the extent of my um, my consideration around that. <laughs> um, okay, hold on a second. She said nothing happened. So I say bolus 12 units. Mm, 12 and a half. can't wait till this gets through the FDA so I can talk about it a little more clearly. Talk about... Uh, I can't... Hmm. If I say it, then I lose the episode for something else. Although it'll all be right. six months down the line. Uh, Alright, I'll just say it. Arden's looping, so she's, on, she's using a loop right now. So, the Riley link? Yes. So I basically told the loop Consider that 50 of these carbs are going to um, absorb over two hours, and 25 of these carbs are going to absorb over three hours. By spreading out that those absorption times, that helps the loop not take away basal insulin because it has this feeling like, oh, there's something aggressive in there and something long-lasting in there. So I'll keep the basal up because I need the basal too. Right. Um, and the, uh, the reason I had to vaguely know how many carbs – is because that's how you have to talk to the to the app, the app. I can't, okay. I can't just tell the app. So after I need to put the carbs in for the absorption time and then the insulin in for the food. Now the funny thing is is that when she put it in there, it told her like it didn't 
offer her any insulin. That doesn't make any sense to me because her blood sugar is 131. Um, <laughs> but probably what it was going to do is like 15 minutes from now, it was going to say like, hey, put this insulin in. But she doesn't look. She's eating. And I wanted to pre-bolus. So right. I want it all in now anyway. Anyway, it's going to work great. I have uh, I have figured out how to trick the loop in all aspects. And maybe not trick it, but work with it. See, and I know you did an episode on loop, but like now you're going to have to like, once it does get approved, now you're going to have to do like a whole like class on looping. Well, as much as it's nice that people are like, tell me what you think. Like, I'm still learning what I think. And it's going to take me this whole year to really figure it out. And that's my goal is to be able to talk about it in a way where Jenny can come back on at some point and we can do that. Um, now that I've said that out loud, I'll have to get it done before a different podcast steals my idea, which <laughs> happens a lot. Um, every time I say something out loud, I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, okay, so the next episode, 62, Unfounded Diabetes Fear. Wait, what is she saying to me? All right, Maxine, hold on one second. <laughs> it won't work. What do you mean? Bolus won't go through? Try six units. Let's see if it'll take us. This has never happened before. So now you're having a conversation that's meaningless for people who are listening. Uh, <laughs> just it won't bolus. So, so what, mm, can you override it all? Wait a minute. I have a better idea. Turn Riley link off and then on again and try again. So. Let me wait and see what she says about the six units. Because I think she's going to tell me it didn't work. So I'm going to set this text up ahead of time. It says turn Riley link off and then on again and try 12 and a half units. But I won't hit send on that until I hear back from her. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. This is my first go through with this like Riley link thing. I mean, we've had it for six months now. Is it, you know, does it last that long? Is it supposed to last longer? Like, I don't know. It's a little circuit board inside of a, plastic case that some person somewhere oh wait never mind i got it <laughs> yeah i i thought it was more of a user error thing cool. do you think that you're do you feel like you're thinking less about it with riley link or do you feel like you're actually doing more management with it hmm in the beginning it was much more and now that i've figured out like the four basic ideas around it that fixed my problems, it's less. Okay. Automation's gonna be better for people. Getting them to the spot where it will be better is not gonna be easy. So that that's my feel. Anyway, I'm so sorry. So episode 62, Unfounded Diabetes Fear. If I remember right, I think it was an interview with a mom who came to the revelation during the interview that she had become comfortable with 200 blood sugars. Mm -hmm. that I remember that let them creep up and creep up and creep up. I thought that was like a watershed thing. Like I really did. I thought that's something people need to hear. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Then in, I think that was huge. Yeah. Right. Cause she, you can hear it happen to her right while she's talking. Am I right? Like, do you remember yeah. it that way? Yeah. Like it was sort of like she was being recorded when her brain went, Oh my God, I do that. Like, right. like, like that, you know, because I was explaining to her how, you know, if you, you kind of get what you expect. And so if you expect 130, you get 130. And that, that's, you know, pretty basic idea until you hear the rest of the podcast. But 
that she started going, oh, it's just 150, it's just 160. And then before you know it, she's like, oh, it's only 60 points higher than the doctor said. That's not bad. It's within range. You know, like they started making all those excuses. And then before she knew it, her kid's blood sugar was always 200. Right. And she was just okay with it. Um, in episode 105, it's called All About A1C with Jenny Smith. So I, I saw something. I was like, I'm getting that Jenny Smith person back on the podcast. <laughs> because I really wanted to break down what an A1C was. Because so, ma- so much of your life is wrapped around like, what's his A1C? What's her A1C? What's my A1C? Like that feeling. How do I get my A1C lower? How do I get my A1C stable? Like let people really understand what it is. Because, you know, back to insulin. I don't know how insulin works. Do I really know what an A1C is? And And let her come in and just talk about it. Um, I thought that was great. That actually, believe it or not, is when I decided I'm going to get Jenny back on. Like after I get enough episodes out that I think I've explained everything. And after I've said it enough times that I can say it in my sleep, I'm going to get Jenny back on to break down the tenets of the podcast with me. And it took, it took another like 130 episodes before I was ready to do that. Oh, wow. You know, and so I, when I got her back on and we did the pro tip series, I mean, that to me is, that pro tip series is great. Like, I'm really proud. Yeah. Of them, you know. Yeah, I like them. And they're quick. So they're like easy, you know, you don't, doesn't take much time to listen to. Right. And it gets right to like yeah. the point. But they're still conversational. So it doesn't feel like, like a teacher standing in front of you and go, okay, first thing you have to do. Second thing you have, like that kind <laughs> right. of thing. Uh, episode 121 is all about insulin, just understanding insulin. Um, and then in episode 100, I go back and listen to episode 11 to the bold with insulin episode. And I do like a commentary track on it to see where in 90 episodes of the podcast, like what I've learned about, like what I would have said differently than what I said in the beginning. Right. And I think that once you get through those episodes, you're coming as close as you can be to like Jeremy said, to being in my head about how I think about diabetes. And then I think the other stuff, I think that helps you when you're hearing the interviews moving forward Yeah. to hear, to have your own aha moments, I guess. Yep. Right. I agree. Right. Cause now you have more of an understanding of diabetes. So then you can just understand people's stories. Yeah. And I'm also, as I, I mean, I, I like joking around that I'm not that smart. Um, but I'm also planting aha moments in the story. So the way, you know, here's a real behind this curtain look at the podcast. So a person comes on just like you today. We had no idea what we were going to talk about. <laughs> you mentioned those lists and I've made an episode out of it. Okay. And so, and you're, you're kicking in and like, it's, it's really, it's cool. Some people talk more in some episodes, some don't, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like it, so when someone's talking and I hear them telling a story, I sort of think ahead. So I'm kind of proud of this, actually, just because I never thought of myself as someone who had an ability like this. <laughs> but you're telling somebody's telling a story and I'm thinking, oh, OK, what I'll do is I'll ask this question when they're done. It will prompt this answer, most likely, I think. And then when people are listening, they'll make the leap about this. So I'm planting your aha moments. Yeah. Within the story um, as best I can. Um, and then it's like a lesson for other people. It's just, it's nice. And, and it's conversational still. And it doesn't feel forced down your throat, which I think is all really important. Y- you know, I don't, I don't learn well when someone stands in front of me telling me things. No. You know, um, my son complains all the time. I wish, you know, that that's what he wants. 
you know, so when he gets a professor that isn't like that, he's like, oh, this guy won't say anything. You know, and I'm like, hey, he wants you to figure it out. He goes, yeah, well, I, I'm, we're paying him. I want him to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's definitely like a, well, he's not really a teen. He's kind of an adult now. He's isn't almost he? 20. Yeah. 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 He's getting there. He's a really good kid. So it's, it's not a big, it's not a problem. But like there's some, in some classes, he's like, I wish the person was more expressive. And so I can only do what I do. Like, you know, I, I, you will, I swear to God, I will hear from somebody. You didn't let Maxine talk today. <laughs> that's going to that's happen. funny but you're having a good no time, it's good you? yeah no. no i like it so so the point is is that it's you know you came on and i asked you a question and when you were like um i was like uh-oh maxine just wants to be on the podcast I no i think i just kind of had like a i don't know a brain fart i guess right. well, i have those a lot recently <laughs> Well, let's, 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 you know, we, we have like 10, so 15 minutes here at the end. Let's talk a little differently. So when, what's, what would I really want to know from you? I guess let's, let's talk about this. How has your life changed since your son was diagnosed? Um, I mean, I guess diabetes has definitely, you know, taken the forefront of everything. So. I do feel like, you know, with my other two kids, like not that they get like pushed to the side, but you know, if Michael's low, we have to like stop what we're doing with them. We need to treat, oh, here they go. We have to treat Michael or like, I kind of just feel like, oh my gosh. You have two dogs. Now when I talk, look, I talk and they start, yeah, they start barking. Um, I, I guess I like in that aspect, like, yeah, I mean, my sleep's definitely like way deprived mm-hmm. um, and finances. I, I think it's just, I mean, it's definitely dramatically changed, but I think a year into it now, now it is just a daily part of our lives. Yeah. So you'll climb back out of that hole. Like it, the initial, the initial impact has obviously created a crater and you're finding your way out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think the biggest thing is like the financial aspect of it. You know, we have a very high deductible insurance, mm-hmm. um, which we just met. So we, that means we spent $7,000 out of pocket. Wow. And it's November and it's November. Yeah. So now I have what a month to stock up on anything that I can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so terrible. I think that's been, you know, the biggest struggle because Michael's he adapted from day one. I mean, he was so resilient it, it, it doesn't phase him. So I think that made it easier on us to transition to this new life. So I know he's younger, but did he have that vibe about his personality prior to this? Was he that easy to get along with? Yeah. I mean, even as a baby, like he was just like a textbook baby. He napped, he slept well, he, he, he's a rule follower. Like he's just an all around good kid. Nice. Um, now if this was my four-year-old that got diagnosed it would i mean we would probably still be <laughs> you could probably just fix a couple of problems at once you could probably just duct tape them to the bigger dog oh, and let them gosh. outside and they could go seriously find the, go find their own way in the world that's all yeah <laughs> let that all dog that pay mean, the seven thousand dollar deductible <laughs> oh gosh i'm telling you that that so that's been the biggest you know um hurdle for us mm. but you know it we'll do whatever we can you know the do- bills get paid does it feel like there's light? Like, do you see, do you feel yourself moving towards something positive generally? Oh yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, we definitely like diabetes isn't, it doesn't hold us back anymore. Like it doesn't, we, we don't, we go on vacation, you know, we don't do anything or don't not do anything because of diabetes. Good for you. That's excellent. I mean, and it's nice. I mean, even my two younger ones, they're four and two, like my two year old wants to help me do Michael's injections or every once in a while they want me to check their sugar. Like it's, it's nothing to them, you know? Uh, they're definitely gonna have a different perspective on the world. Hey, four, two, and seven. Can I ask how old you are? Thirty-two. All right, hold on, I'm doing the math. That seems right. That right? That's that seems normal. Yeah. I think I had my kids so early that um, I just I'm still like sometimes like how am I like I'm 48. And my son's like a sophomore in college. See, that's awesome. Yeah, I hope so. Like, yeah. But I feel like I'm I'm I feel like I'm 60. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say I do feel like diabetes the first year has aged me pretty significantly, but well, you that's know, it's our life. But that's <laughs> but that's also something to be considered and to be worked on too, because you can't just you know what I mean. Like you can't just set your hair on fire and run forward forever. Like eventually, it's going to burn out and you're going to be you're going to be done. So yeah. you need to find a way in there for yourself too. What what's the biggest impediment to you getting rest? Do you think? Um. I guess, I don't know. I guess it's just, it's not that like, you know, I feel like I'm actually dealing with more highs in the middle of the night with Michael than lows. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just, I set my alarm every night. I still set it for 3 a.m. Not to check his finger, but I'll get up. I'll look at my phone, see what his blood sugar is. How go back often, to sleep if he's in range. Okay. How many times a week at that 3 a.m. alarm do you think, ooh, I didn't need to get up at 3 a.m.? Um, Probably about like three to four times a week. Mm-hmm. Hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is why he needs to be on a pump. Yeah. Well, so is that is that a goal? You'll get to your seven thousand faster. Um, we got the pump last year when we hit our deductible, and it's just collecting dust. Which we one? have the Omnipod. Why are you not using it? Because he because doesn't he doesn't one? he doesn't want it, and I feel like it's just I don't want to force it on him, but I don't think he realizes like that his life will be a little bit easier too. Oh boy, this is where my uh, advice here is. Uh... I guess some people don't like it, but no, send it this way. I would, uh, I'd massage the situation. Like, you would I just did. force it. No, no, I don't force it. I mean, I'd make it seem like it was a good thing to do and then, you know, move things in that direction. Maybe make some overtures about, you know, video games that maybe want to be purchased, stuff like okay. that. I, he's seven. He could probably be bought for somewhere around $65 is what I'm thinking. Oh yeah. gosh. I was thinking getting the kid an Apple watch. See? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think you have to go that far. An Apple watch. I would like to come live with you. It's... Well, I was thinking because then I could, I could text him while he's in school and to you treat see, some lose. You're thinking about what you would want in a situation because selfishly i know selfishly Mm -hmm. it's definitely it's definitely i'm talking about getting to do it like like what if you said to him hey look um i want to try i think we should try pumping we've got the pumps here you know they're just sitting there it's such a waste we should use them like like so even if you don't like it that's okay let's just use them up and how many do you have probably three months worth Mm -hmm. right so you give him that right it's november now november december january so we'll probably be all through these by the end of Christmas. And if and then if you don't like it, we'll stop. It's no big deal to me. I don't care one way or the other. I just feel like I don't want to waste them. Yes, I'm going to do it. See that? I even tried decorating a pod. Like I decorated, you know, like You're I don't know, wanted a lightning yeah, bolt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he put it on for the entirety of the Eagles game. And then he was like, I want it off. I'm like, but I think that's because he knew he could take it off. It wasn't giving him insulin, right. you know? Yeah. I Listen, I... 
I watch my wife say probably once a month something about my son, and I'm like, he doesn't care about that. I know you think he does, but he doesn't care. He does not care about that. You are barking up the proverbial wrong tree. Like, like here's what he cares about. These are the things the kid cares about. Just, you know, go look at him like as a person. Like, put yourself in his shoes. What does he care about? And then give it to him. Be like, look, we're going to do this. And I know it's not something you want to do. And, you know, I don't want to force you, obviously. should always be your decision. But we got to use these up. So, anyway... How can I make this better for you? Like turn it into a mob situation. Just And I'm just like give him a decision of what or like give him the choice of what he would want for it. Right. Yeah. Like how, how can how can I help you help me not waste these pods? And this is just okay. one, one idea, right? Like so, you know, buddy, I need to not waste these. You know, we paid money for them. Other people, you know, can't afford this stuff and I feel bad about it just sitting here. So let's give it a try. Don't even say to him, maybe you'll like it. Because of course you'll like it. Eventually, it's just what it's Chinese water torture, right? Drip, 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 drip. drip. Is that even is that offensive to say at this point? I don't understand how to talk in the world anymore. (laughs) Anyway, um, but without insulting someone, basically, just use the same tactic I got to keep my wife married. Like I just thought, eventually, she'll just like me. I'll just keep. I'll just yeah. keep going until she gives up. And so, now that you put it that way, I totally get it. <laughs> use why ever you're still married to get that kid to wear his insulin pump. <laughs> yes. All right. So then this is, and I know you can't really give medical advice or, I would you know, never. but so right, right now we have, um, the regular Omnipod. We mm-hmm. don't have the dash, but we were approved for the dash. And since we met our deductible, I could technically get the dash with no money out of pocket. Right. Would you recommend just starting with what we have or if I can get him to start it? Well, I would definitely, I- it doesn't matter. You should start with what you have. And okay. then if at the end he's like, um, you know, maybe at the end when you're like, you're cracking open your last box and you're noticing he's caught a rhythm and he's cool with this and you have slyly found ways to say things during the day. Like, isn't it great not to have to inject or, you know, what was really cool the other night, uh, your blood sugar tried to go up, but I gave you a temp basal increase and it stopped. That was really cool. Cause you didn't, you know, or your blood sugar tried to go down the other night. I bet you don't know this buddy, but at like four o'clock in the morning, your blood sugar went to go down and mommy shut your basal insulin off for an hour. You didn't get low and I didn't have to wake you up to eat something. Isn't that cool? Like, like that kind of stuff. And then just, you know, you just keep slipping it in, slipping it in here and there. It's pretty much the way I'm teaching all of you about diabetes. You just don't kind of realize it. <laughs> and so, um, and then you just sort of keep at that. And then when you get to the end, you go, ah, you know what? I wonder if we shouldn't keep doing this. They actually have this really cool, like we could get a way better PDM. Like, look at this and show it to them online. Like if I reordered these for you now, we could get this instead. And then just okay. see, see what he thinks. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring out the box tonight when he gets home. And if you need me to pull my father out of the grave and just yell at him, I'm sure you could do it that way too. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, he'd probably be a little jarred by that whole experience having grown up in the (laughs) 2000s and all. Um, My daughter and I were joking around last night and she said something back to me. I was like, you know what? Don't push me or I'm going to flip back to 1976 and you're going to be frightened. And she was like, what? I was like, if I talk to you, the like. Like right now, she we were not in an argument. I want to be clear. We were literally talking and joking. And um, I said, even if I would have joked with my father that way, like hellfire would have rained down on me. Oh. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there would have been probably a solid week of me just walking around the house going, don't look him in the face. Yeah. Try not to say anything. Maybe I should skip a couple meals so they see I'm not a financial burden. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and they definitely get away with a lot more these days. It's all good. Like, I listen, my kids are incredibly healthy. Like, th- they're thoughtful. I wasn't nearly as, you know, like, connected to my feelings as they are. Like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying that every once in a while, you could, like, impose your will in ways they wouldn't notice. And uh, yeah. I think you could. I think you could do that. I really do. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, good for you. I think what I'll do is I'll just set up the – because what, do you have to do the saline trial? I think I mean, I'm going to schedule that. So, well, right, you have to. I mean, I don't know what that means. Um, I'm I'm in an ambiguous position right now. I can tell you that if I was you, I would put insulin in the pump and use it. <laughs> um, because, so I guess I should have Jess come over, is what you're saying, and help me. <laughs> I think you should do whatever you think is right for you. That's what I should say. And, okay. Um, but that there are plenty of people who start pumps not just the Omnipod, without doing the things that you... There are plenty of doctor's offices that don't do this stuff, too. So, I don't know. And if yours does... See, here's what I think. If you start with the saline trial, then that's going to be a doctor's visit. And then yeah, it's be and another doctor's visit three days from now, and then all you're going to do is make him upset, and these are going to be all the reasons he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, I think you're right. I know I am, because... You're definitely right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I trust myself way too much. Some people call that narcissism. I just think it's confidence. But that's fine. Whatever. I'm telling you that I believe that as I'm looking at this scenario and hearing what you're saying about him, the minute you put him into the process, he's going to flip. So even maybe that's it. Like, you know, act like a renegade. Be like, yo, mom's like an outlaw here. Here's what we're going (laughs) to do. You want to do something really gangster? Let's use this pump without going to the the, uh, thing. Now, he might look at you and be like, Here's what I know for sure. I'm only seven years old, but this woman does not know what the hell she's doing. And I am not <laughs> going to let her put that insulin pump on me without that. And even maybe that would flip him. Maybe he'd be like, yo, lady, look, I'm up for doing it, but I don't trust you. So why don't we take it in and let them show us how, like, whatever is makes it his idea. Yeah. Is is the Because I, I know it's partially, you know, he wants control. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Let him do the whole thing. Like, like, tell him, look, you can fill it. You can figure the whole thing. He screws one up, throw it away, and just try the next one. Okay. And he's not going to, by the way. You put the insulin in the tube, you, you know, in the big syringe. You make sure there's no air bubbles in it. And by the way, here's an Omnipod life hack for you. You probably can't get all the air bubbles out. But when you're filling the syringe to fill the Omnipod, first thing you do, obviously, is you draw back the syringe to wherever you're going to fill it to. We use 200 units. Now you inject that air into the insulin, you know, so that it keeps the equilibrium correct inside of the vial. Draw back out slowly. Try to take in as few bubbles as you can, but you're going to get. Wow, I'll edit that out. Excuse me, you're going to get. You're going to get some, okay? And then tap, tap, tap with the needle pointing up. Get the bubbles to go up, and then press it some back into the press it back into the insulin. Like push the air back into the insulin. Wait a second. Let the insulin bubbles float up and keep drawing down, drawing down on the, on the vial, try to get as much as you can. Then you can tap some out, but that's folly. That's a fool's errand trying to get all of the bubbles out. Just flip it upside down. Like you're going to inject it in the pod and tap it again, make all the bubbles go up to the top. And then when you inject in the insulin, just don't push all the way down in the plunger. Don't push the air from the bubbles through, just push the insulin through. All right. Does that 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 make sense? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so that's a great way to keep bubbles out and not spend 25 minutes hurting your fingernail going, 
on the side of the syringe. Oh, right? oh yeah. Because eventually you're I know like, this exactly hurts. what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like stop. <laughs> uh, it goes in. He primes it. Um, I take off the needle cap and use a clean, sterile. Uh, we usually use a, a tissue that doesn't have any like oil or anything like that. Dab out the little bit of insulin that primed through into the needle because that keeps the um, the injection spot from being moist afterwards. Um, you know, sometimes people see, uh, what do they see? Like kind of like a haze in the, in the window. It's because there's probably a couple drops of insulin when they put it on there. So I kind of dab those out, Okay. apply it, pinch up the skin, right. And then, uh, push the button and it clicks a couple times and it goes in after it goes in, he's going to be startled. And I, but I heard that it actually hurts less than Dexcom. You know, Arden doesn't say either of them hurt at this point. Okay. So uh, she, the clicking from the Omnipod freaks her out. Like still, she's been using it for 11 years. And as it goes, click, 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 she gets like, you can see her winding up like a, you know, like those old wind up toys with a key. Like, you know, when you're like, I think I can turn it one more time, but you really can't. Yeah. That's her. She goes, uh, 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 and I'm like, and she can see her kind of in her mind counting like one, two, three. And it'll insert sometimes on the sixth click on the fifth click um, it mostly in there. And all it's really doing, if I'm, I think I'm guessing right, is it's creating tension on the, the needle to shoot the needle in. And so I, I'm in my mind, and this could be a hundred percent wrong. It's kind of, it's creating this tension to fire the needle. And it happens in like, you know, a split second needle goes in, pops right back out. It's way faster than that. And it leaves the cannula behind. It's fantastic. It happens so fast. Um, then it's on. Now, I think after you do that, your next step is to not mess around getting his basils right. Right. As That's you, what, okay. Right? Because you don't want him to be crazy high and then him see that as a reason why he doesn't want to do it. Right. Right. I could help All you right. with that. So I'll probably, yeah, I was going to say, that. I'll probably be messaging you then once I can get it on him to kind of figure out. Because I've heard too, though, that on the pump, you actually usually use less basil than on MDI. Could be and could be more. Well, I, well, I guess depend. I'm like maybe let's just say like his general, like hourly basal. It not it but probably it, it. So what I usually see with people is that the doctors sometimes err on the side of caution. They make their basals lower. This drives up everybody's blood sugars, and then the people go, "Oh my god, these pumps don't work!" Like no matter what pump it is, and really, it's the doctor wanting you to ease into it. If you were doing it over a weekend and being, you know interactive with it i personally think i mean i'm not i'm not trying to be boastful but i think i could get your basil right inside of four or five yeah hours. but that's you, totally you know, what i was thinking yeah. i'm off friday saturday sunday if i can get him to get this pump on friday that gives me three full days before he goes back to school to get it figured out right and even sell him like like think about uh thanksgiving you're going to be able to snack all day on thanksgiving without getting shots like, won't that be cool to just be like, I'm going to have a cookie and push a button instead of think, uh, I'm not going to eat a cookie because I don't want to take a, you know, I don't like that whole thing. Like, there, yeah. show him a couple high sides to it. But, in you know, I don't know what you'll end up figuring out. He's obviously your kid and it's your life. You'll decide. Well, I know bribery will totally work for him. It's just figuring out in a I'm, affordable I'm, way. <laughs> I'm picturing you sitting across the table from a seven-year-old dealing ones out and you saying something like, Stop me when we get to an Omnipod. <laughs> Four, five, like how many dollars till the kid goes, hmm, I find the problem with the kids is they have no real feeling for how much money is. 
Like, I know they don't. My kids will look at $20 and they'll be like, it's just $20. I'm like, no, no, no. Well, now you're going to get a talk. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Here's why. Uh, you go ahead and try to make $20. Go ahead. Let me see it happen. <laughs> all right. You're going to be so all right. True. You excited yeah. to do this? I am excited because I think I'm going to recruit Jess and Jacob and I think we're going to do this on Friday. Excellent. Will you let we're going to get it done. If, will you let me know what happens? Oh, absolutely, because then I'm going to need your help. <laughs> well, just know Friday I'm flying to Kansas City, and Saturday I'm giving a all day. I'll be talking all day in Kansas City on Saturday. So All right. Well, I, so Sunday. I might not be that <laughs> flexible. I'm flying back Sunday. No, so no it's all right. I, I have Jess to kind of – she'll guide me in the beginning, and then once I kind of get him dialed in, then I'll be reaching out to you. Use the pro tip episode about setting basal insulin too. I think it's really good. Okay. All right. Oh, look. I just got an alert. Clarity goal. Yesterday, you reached your time and range of 70%. Congratulations. It's not bad. What's the Thanks. range? Uh, 70 to 160. That's excellent. He's yeah, seven. I mean, well, we cruised last night. And that, oh, that, I will say that about one, I can't remember what episode, but when you said, if you can keep the overnight numbers in range, that sets, you know, the rest of your day. And mm-hmm. it's so true. Yeah. Oh my god! I talk like, about that's all the time. It's a third of the hour. It's a third oh of my twenty-four gosh. hours. You could like totally he cheat. literally cruised at. I mean, it's probably higher than you would like, but he cruised between like one eighteen and one thirty the entire night, and not even that much. He didn't even like fluctuate that much. That's but excellent. that was huge. That's excellent. And I'm telling you, that's you know I talk about it all the time, but that's one way you get your A one C down is you take advantage of the night when there's no food and no activity. Yeah. Right. So once you figure the night out, that's a third of the. It's a third of your time. It's, a, yeah. it's golden. You know what I mean? That's that's beautiful. Because then I don't feel so guilty if like he kind of, not that he gets out of control, but like, you know, if I have a bad day, I'm like, all right, but he did really well overnight. Like, yeah, we'll, it helps we'll you with your that. anxiety like, a little yeah. bit. You're like, all right, we messed this up. But do you remember the last eight hours? They were beautiful. No, I hear you. I really do. Excellent. I had fun, Maxine. I did too. Good. Thank you. Good. Absolutely. I'm going to give you a little update on how Maxine's son's doing and whether or not he ended up on an insulin pump in just a second. But first, let's thank the Contour Next One blood glucose meter and Touched by Type 1. Please go to touchedbytype1.org or contournext.com forward slash juicebox to find out more about the sponsors. There's a complete list of sponsors right there in the show notes of your podcast app or at juiceboxpodcast.com. Support the sponsors, support the show. All right, let me find this email here from Maxine. Oh, look at this. She said, um, we totally bribed him, but we told him he had to try it for a month. And if he absolutely hated it, then we could go back to MDI. That's fair. Give him a month. Check it out. Uh... Maxine says, it's been great, so much less time-consuming, less thinking about diabetes, less trash. He likes being in and out of the nurse's office very quickly for his lunch boluses at school. And they love the Omnipod, especially in the summer. Being waterproof, uh, they're being, uh, let's see, they're setting up temp basal decreases when he's swimming all day. It was definitely worth switching for his diabetes management. And, she says... He's starting to get comfortable bolusing himself for meals, which has been great. Thank you so much for listening. More episodes will be up soon. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with someone who you think may also enjoy listening 
to the Juicebox podcast. Take care. I'll talk to you soon.